Hello, I'm Joe Honey Hockey, and welcome to the Heavenly Social, where I introduce you to our heavenly brothers and sisters. The lives of the saints are fascinating, in case you didn't think so already. I mean, there are thousands of saints, so there are thousands of stories. Today, I'm going to cover a saint I find fascinating. In part because he apparently had a global influence in the late 19th century, yet I hadn't heard of him until fairly recently. He may not have done anything particularly extraordinary in a worldly sense, but it's clear why this man is a saint. So, I ask, do you wish you could love unconditionally? Do you seek inspiration to minister to the outcasts? Then might I introduce you to Saint Damien of Molokai. And intro. To begin, let me tell you a little sum-sum about Saint Damien. He was canonized in 2009, so he's a fairly recent saint. His feast day is May 10th, and he is the patron of people with leprosy, also known as Hansen's disease. Another interesting fact is that he's honored in some Protestant churches, such as the Episcopal and Anglican churches. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, anyway, let's get into the life of St. Damien. Our honored saint was born in Tremolo, Belgium, on January 3rd, 1840, as Joseph de Voister. He was the youngest of seven children and grew up on a farm there, and it's pretty clear his family was quite pious, as two of his older sisters became nuns, and one of his older brothers became a priest. It's not then terribly surprising that Joseph also entered the religious orders. He didn't become a priest, though. Well, not immediately. He joined the Congregation of the Sacred Hearts of Jesus and Mary, which was located in Leuven, Belgium. It was upon taking his vows on October 7, 1860, that he took the name Damien, thereby becoming Brother Damien. This was all part of a longing deep within him, a calling to serve on mission, Things weren't looking promising at first, though, since he had no real prior education. You see, he had to leave school when he was 13. So his superiors didn't really consider him for priesthood. But with the help of his brother, Damien was able to show his ability to learn well, as well as demonstrate his dedication. So he was allowed to begin his studies. He apparently had quite the devotion to St. Francis Xavier, who, if you'll recall, is the patron saint of missionaries. Such was Damien's longing to become a missionary himself. In 1864, when Damien would have been 24 years old, he was given his chance. You see, his brother, Father Pamphile, was assigned to go on mission to the Hawaiian Islands, but felt too sick to go. It's almost as if the divine hand was at work. Damien got to go in his brother's stead. He arrived in Honolulu on March 19th, 1864, 
and was ordained a priest of the Catholic Church on May 21st of that year, in the Cathedral of Our Lady of Peace. He spent eight years ministering to the people on the island of Hawaii, until he learned about the leper colony on the island of Molokai, which is kind of in the center of the Hawaiian Islands, and is relatively secluded even to this day. It was in 1865 that the Hawaiian king, Kamehameha V, and yes, if you're familiar at all with Dragon Ball, I... that was... oh boy, when I first read that name. I couldn't believe it, but that's... that's it. <laughs> king Kamehameha V passed a law to stop the spread of leprosy, which had been introduced in the 1830s and 40s. This law quarantined lepers to the colony on Molokai. A couple settlements were established there. They were named Kalawao and Kalaupapa. While there wasn't malicious intent behind the law, it was intensely difficult living in this leper colony. The kingdom offered supplies as best it could, but it wasn't really enough due mostly in part to the isolation that came with being on the other side of a mountain range and the physical disabilities that came with leprosy, meaning that it was difficult for them to kind of be self-sufficient. And so, life was fairly difficult. Well, the Bishop of Honolulu, Louis Desiree Migret, knew a priest needed to tend to these people. Well, rather than order a priest to go, which would have thereby leveraged a priest's vow of obedience, he asked for volunteers. Well, Father Damien joyfully volunteered, and was the first to go. He arrived in Kalapapa on May 10th of 1873, accompanied by the bishop as well. There were 816 people in that colony at the time, and to them, the bishop introduced Damien as, quote, one who will be a father to you, and who loves you so much that he does not hesitate to become one of you, to live and die with you, end quote. Bold words, but true. In fact, Damien wrote to his brother, quote, I make myself a leper with the lepers, to gain all to Jesus Christ, end quote. These were an outcast people, exactly the people Jesus himself ministered to. Father Damien worked tirelessly to help the colony become a place where the residents were proud to live and work. He helped treat their wounds. He helped bury the dead. He truly lived and suffered with them. That's the critical point I want to highlight here. Father Damien considered himself truly a member of the colony. There were many volunteers that cycled through, and everyone helped tremendously, no doubt. But Father Damien became ingrained with these people. He fought relentlessly to get better supplies, through the government and through the church. He fought to get better medicine. He tended to the physical needs and the spiritual needs. Through his actions, he demonstrated to these people, who were kept away from society, that God cherished them all. With the help of some figures in the Hawaiian government, conditions vastly improved for the leper colonies. 
Among those who were attracted to help as well were two figures that I'd like to highlight because of their standing in the Catholic Church. One was Saint Marion Cope, who was a Franciscan sister, and the other was Joseph Dutton, who was a soldier that fought in the Civil War and converted to Catholicism, and whose cause for canonization has been opened up as of 2015. These two, among a few others, became instrumental, as after 11 years of living hand-in-hand with lepers, Father Damien himself contracted the disease. He discovered this when his foot made contact with scalding water, and he felt nothing. For five years after contracting the disease, Father Damien worked himself in overdrive, knowing he had a limited amount of time left. This included many construction projects and improvements to the quality of life of the residents, which is what he had been doing. He carried on until leprosy made him bedridden on March 23rd of 1889. He died on April 15th of that year at the age of 49 and was buried next to the church he helped establish, St. Philomena. As with any figure of global notoriety, such as St. Damien, you'll find naysayers. Well, with the naysayers came apologists. A Scotsman named Robert Louis Stevenson interviewed many Hawaiians during a visit to the islands, and wrote a 6,000-word defense, which really ended up taking off, and garnered even more notoriety, positively, for the late father, and subsequently increased support by churches and governments from America and Europe, making Father Damien's legacy truly one of charity. And there you have the story of St. Damien of Molokai. Father Damien is so fascinating to me, perhaps because his greatness isn't necessarily defined by his accomplishments but because of the heart he put behind his ministry. He exemplified the virtue of charity, and I would even go so far as to liken him to Mother Teresa. Figures such as these have such an incredible magnetism. As individuals, they're rather unbecoming. In a physical, worldly sense, there's a lot of ugliness involved in what they do, and even how they look. Father Molokai was described as wearing a ratty cassock and having matted hair. And, after all, St. Damien became a leper. And Mother Teresa's body, too, was worn down from the works of charity she performed. I mean, just look at the images of her feet and you'll see what I mean. Yet, despite the ugliness, millions of people are drawn to figures such as these. Which, I believe, makes it clear that at our core... We humans are a people of spiritual things. The Catholic Church teaches that God is love, so it is no wonder why we are naturally drawn to stories of great charity, and why we might be drawn toward charitable works ourselves. It certainly isn't easy, and it might be difficult to motivate ourselves to do so. But regardless of how difficult charitable tasks are, the simple fact our attention gets drawn toward such things in such a powerful way speaks volumes. It's that call to unite with godly action. As a virtue, charity is also known as love, 
and is one of the three theological virtues. 1822 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church says this, quote, Charity is the theological virtue by which we love God above all things for his own sake, and our neighbor as ourselves for the love of God. End quote. When we love God above all things, when we allow ourselves to be filled up with the graces to exercise this virtue, we are gifted the ability to look past the exterior human faculties of our brothers and sisters. We are gifted the ability to look at an individual and see the divine light God has placed in each of us. Perhaps figures such as St. Damien can make us uncomfortable, because deep down, we know that all people have an inherent dignity that supersedes our own choices and conveniences. People matter, no matter how detestable they may appear, and any sort of rhetoric that would devalue, dehumanize someone, should quickly be eradicated from our thoughts. Let us thank God for a role model like St. Damien, who can inspire us to see each other as Christ does. By his intercession, may we all grow in the spirit of charity. Well, that does it for this episode. Find love in the faith, and one day someone might just tell your story. See you next time. Outro! Interviewed many Hawaiians during a visit to the Hawaii. Next, I think we should learn about someone rather dear to the city here. See ya!